Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. But in Acts chapter 2, we'll read verses 1 through 4, then we'll drop down to verse 14. And, and we know this is the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 1, the Lord told the disciples, He said, you stay right here, don't move until you receive the promise of the Father. And he talks to us and he tells in verse 8 that the promise of the Father is us being filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the Holy Spirit then comes into us and upon us and gives us power and the King and amplifies his power, ability, efficiency, and might. Amen. 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 To be witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Lord is telling us that this this the whole thing is to get you saved and then get you in a position where you can help others get saved and do what he's called us to do. So the church has a mandate, don't we? We're not just to meet and gather and be our own little club. We are to be kingdom representatives for God to bring forth his kingdom and set people free from sin and darkness and bring them to a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit's been sent to help us. In Acts chapter 2, it says here in verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all assembled together in one place. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, actually, I'm going to say it like this, like a heavenly rushing violent tempest blast. In other words, it, it was not quiet. Amen? I mean, it would have shook you if you was in that place, praise God. And so they hear this blast of the Holy Spirit. And then it says this, and there appeared to them, look at this, tongues resembling fire, and, and which set upon each of them, separated and, and distributed each one, settled on each one of them. And it says this, and they were all filled, hallelujah, look at that, diffused out their souls. I like that. They were just filled up spirit, soul, body. I mean, it's affecting them in every area of their life. Amen. Praise God. And it goes on. He says this, and they began to speak in other different foreign languages, tongues, as the spirit kept giving them clear and loud expression in each tongue, appropriate words. You know what he's saying there? He's saying that each one of them received a prayer language from God. Amen. Each one of them. Doesn't mean they all had the same one. In fact, we read on down, and you find out that people, when they finally came out of the upper room, you know what? Where you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will get you out of the upper room. Mothers, when you get saved, hide out in the sanctuary. But see, God got them in the upper room. They're fasting and praying. The Holy Ghost comes on the day of Pentecost. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. The next thing you know, they're out in front of everybody praying in tongues, worshiping God, having a blast. God will move you out of the hiding place and get you out where people can see what you've got. Amen? And he does it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you get down here in verse 14 because these people hear them and, 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 and they start saying, well, these guys are drunk. You know, they want to say something about church anyway. You get a fire going on here and somebody will come along with a hose and try to put it out for you. Amen? And so then you have Peter and he responds to what they're saying. Now, here's the thing you get understanding here. As we look at these next verses, Peter did not spend the last week preparing a message for the day of Pentecost. Okay? He didn't have his Bible up there with all of his notes out and everything and saying, you know what? I don't know what God's going to do, but I'm going to preach from Joel chapter 2. Okay? 
He's up there waiting just like everybody else is. They don't know what's going to happen. The Lord didn't tell them what was going to happen. He just said, you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to be endued with power from on high. Don't go anywhere till you experience what's coming on the day of Pentecost. Amen. See, folks, here's the thing you got to understand. Even in our life today, when God wants us to do something, he doesn't always give us every detail. If he did, it wouldn't take faith. Amen. But they had to do it by faith, and you have to do it by faith. And so they were in that upper room by faith, in prayer, ministering to the Lord, preparing themselves for what it was that Jesus said was going to come. Amen? So now they get filled with the Holy Ghost, and he moves them out of the upper room. They're out here, and people start hearing it, and, and we'll pick it up here. And he says uh, in, well, verse 13, he says, but others made a joke of it. Hallelujah. And he said, they are simply drunk and full of sweet, intoxicating wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised up his voice and addressed them. And he said, you Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let it be explained to you that you will know and understand and listen closely to what I have to say. For these men are not drunk as you imagine. For it is only the third hour of the day or 9 a.m. in the morning. And he said, instead, this is the beginning of that which was spoken through the prophet Joel. And that's what I wanted to get to you. This is the beginning of what was spoken through the prophet Joel. you got to understand something. Everything that happened on Pentecost is supposed to be happening today. Are you hearing me? This is the beginning of that. It's not going to end till Jesus comes back. Are you listening to me? See, a lot of us think that this, you know, this came and this was for a special event right there. But no, this is the beginning of what God wants to do throughout the church age. Okay? In other words, what you're seeing today is the start of what God is wanting to do until Jesus comes back for us. Amen? So that tells me this. I should experience in my life the same thing they experienced in theirs. The church should be experiencing today what they experienced then. This is the plan. Because the Holy Spirit gave Peter this message to preach to the people. He didn't just come up with Joel chapter 2. Amen? God gave it to him. In other words, the Lord wanted him to speak this out so that the people would understand what God was doing now in this new dispensation. Praise God. So every one of us should be experiencing this, and it should be going on in our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and, and so he talks about it down here, verse 17. You pick it up, and he goes on. And he says this, and it shall come to pass during these last days. God declares that I will pour out of my spirit upon all kindred and upon your sons and your daughters, and, and, and they shall prophesy. And then he goes on, and your young men, they'll see visions. And he goes on down, your older men shall uh, dream and divinely suggested dreams. Yes, and on my men servants and also my maid servants those days, I'll pour out my spirit, and they'll prophesy. God is saying, I want to move you out of a natural religious walk on earth to a spiritual revelational relationship with me. So that though you're still living in this flesh, you're operating in the kingdom of God. Amen? That you're now living out of your spirit, not out of your flesh. You're living out of your relationship with the Lord, not out of the things that are surrounding you in the world. And notice he includes the whole group. He's got your kids. 
He's got your young folks. He's got the old folks. Amen. And he's got all the workers. And he talks about men servants and maid servants. You could say it like this. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, uh, worship leaders, children's ministers, uh, youth ministers, helps ministers, uh, people involved in any area. In other words, it's, it includes it all. In fact, Paul, on, when he got a hold of this and writes to the Corinthians, he talks about over there. And he says that God has set some in the church. And he talks about first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. Then he gets down to this and he gets down to helps. You know, help is just as an anointed ministry in the church as the apostle and prophet. You didn't just show up one day and say, well, I think I'll help over here. You hear from God and God will show you exactly in the church where you're gifted, talented, and, and have his anointing to do something. See, God sets everybody and he doesn't leave anybody out. Amen. And then the Apostle Paul says, there are some that men may think, well, that's insignificant. What you do isn't that really important. But God, he says, but I'm going to tell you something. Those things you can't see, God puts even more grace and power. And it's that I walk. There it is. Praise God. But anyway, I won't stand there. Hallelujah. So we find out that, that, that on the day of Pentecost, what Peter is preaching here is this. He's saying God is going to do a special work. He's going to do it for everybody. Amen. In fact, they go on down, and we won't take time to read it, but the, the, the people came to him, and, and he's preaching all this stuff about how, and then he gets into the message how Jesus died, and God raised him up, and now he's Lord. And they said, his, his words cut their hearts, and they come to Peter later on in the same chapter and said, what must we do? And he, so he tells them to repent and be baptized, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's he saying? He's saying, walk the process. Repent. Repent isn't just you crying and asking God to forgive you. Repent means to turn about and change your life by looking to Jesus and giving your heart to him. Water baptism is you declaring to the world, I died with Christ and God has raised me up and I live in Christ. Amen. And then be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. What is that for? Hallelujah. So you can do some of the wild things. Amen. And pray in the Spirit. And so, so, so we hear here on the day of Pentecost, and we take Acts chapter 2, and we read it in this light, and we begin to understand that God wants to see a special, spiritual, impactful church on the earth changing people's lives, changing communities, amen? And, and you keep on reading, and you'll find out that people were getting saved every day and being added to the church. They weren't just waiting until church service. These people were acting like this in their homes. Man, they were acting like this on the job. I remember before I went to Ramo, I'd graduated. We left East Tennessee State. That's where I finished my football career in college. And then we moved back down to Virginia. And I was praying about a seminary to go to and found Rama. And so uh, we got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I got a job that summer working there, and they actually wanted me to stay and take over a certain area, and they was going to train me in management, but God had called me to preach, and so I said, I thanked him, but I didn't. But I always carried a New Testament around with me, and I just got and filled the Holy Ghost, and so I was kind of dangerous. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So I always get good instruction with the Holy Ghost. Amen. But anyway, you know, I'm learning and growing, but they're on the job. 
because I would take time to, to memorize a scripture during my break and stuff, and then I would talk to people about Jesus. I was titled the young preacher. And I can remember, you know, and I, and I hadn't preached to anybody. I just witnessed to them, but I was living what I was reading to you. It was real to me, and I was excited about it, so I just took it with me. I'm not going to change on the job from what I am on Sunday in church. I'm the same person. Amen. Now I'm going to use wisdom and know when to say something, when not to, and let the Holy Spirit lead me. But I'm going to still be a spirit-filled Christian wherever I'm at. And that's where I was whenever I was on the job there. And, and so I remember this these older guys had been there for a while. They had an argument going on, been going on for months, and, and they wanted to fight. And somebody said, go get the young preacher and let him fix this. And here I am in my early 20s, and, and these guys are almost retirement and I went over there and I grabbed both of them by the shirt of course I just finished playing football in college so I was you know better shape then but anyway I grabbed them both pulled them over and I said stand right here you go to church yeah you go to church yeah then why are you acting like heathens and I preached them for about 15 minutes prayed for them made them repent <laughs> shake hands and they didn't do it anymore I had a little Paul in me back in those days amen but uh, praise God but you see, we're put on this earth to make a difference. And the Holy Spirit came to empower us to make that difference. Amen? Now, here's the thing. Now, you and I, when we see that this is the, the, the plan that God has for us, how are we going to make it happen? Well, we're going to have to intercede and pray and then yield to God and obey what the Spirit of God is directing us to do. Amen? starts with the church. Did you notice that it started in the upper room with the dedicated people? 120. Why do you say dedicated, Pastor? Because Paul says over 500 people saw Jesus. There's only 120 up in the upper room. What happened to the rest of them? They didn't last. When it didn't happen the first day, some of them left. When it didn't happen the second day, some of them left. When it didn't happen the third day, some of them left. And by the time it got to Pentecost, there was 120 of them up there. And that 120 said, we have to stay here for another month. We ain't moving. And they got to experience the outpouring of God. Amen. And so God is looking for people who will commit themselves to him and then take this out to the rest of the world. Hallelujah. And then he brings us all in. We get to be a voice. But, but on the day of Pentecost, they took it out. People saw it. And then Peter stands up and preaches it to them. Now, what do we have to do? We have to understand that just like on the day of Pentecost, when those folks saw the move of the Holy Spirit and these people talking in tongues, it was something they couldn't understand. So they tried to make up natural responses. Why would they do that? They haven't experienced it yet. And Peter didn't get mad at them because they hadn't experienced it yet. Peter just stepped up and explained through the scriptures what God was doing. He had a biblical answer for their confusion. Amen? Now, here's the thing. They had been fasting and praying all this time, up to this time. So they were ready for this. Amen? And that gives me another clue. If we as the church right here in Valdosta and surrounding areas are wanting this, we have to be ready for this. Amen. We have to press in. We have to be committed. We have to be desiring it. Praise God. Why isn't everybody getting it? Well, two things. First Corinthians or 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 
in verses 3 and 4, the apostle Paul says over there, he says that this gospel is hid, it's hid to them who are lost, in whom the God of this world, Satan, has blinded their minds, lest this glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. So sinners are blinded by the devil from seeing what we've seen. But let me take you another step. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So when I take 2 Corinthians 4, 4 and Hosea 4, 6 and put them together, I find out that both sinner and Christian are blinded from the move of God by the enemy through not being able to see the truth. Amen. They haven't seen the truth. And because they haven't seen the truth, Satan keeps them in darkness. Sinners are lost today because they have not received the revelation of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. Or they have seen it and rejected it. If Christians today are living defeated, it's either they haven't heard the word. But Hosea 4, 6 not only says, my people are destroyed or cut off, the Hebrew says, through lack of knowledge, but it says, because you have rejected knowledge. So there's two things holding believers in bondage. You either haven't heard the truth or you heard it and didn't receive it. Right. Right. Amen? Now, so that tells me that the same devil that's blinding sinners from seeing the truth of salvation is also blinding Christians from seeing the truth of what God has for them. Amen? So how are we going to deal with this? What are we going to do to make this different? Well, look in, in Ephesians chapter 6. Over here in the 6th chapter of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is finishing up his letter to the church of Ephesus. And Paul has talked about family relationships. He's talked about organization in the church. He's talked about salvation and being raised up with Christ and, and who we are in Christ. And now he gets down here in verse 10 and he says, in conclusion, in other words, as I wrap this up, here's something I really want to get across to you. I'm going to finish this by telling you this. Here's something you're going to have to do. If you want all these truths that I've just presented to you to work in the church and work in your lives, <clears throat> in conclusion, here's how you're going to have to make it work. He says, in conclusion, be empowered. Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength <clears throat> which his boundless might provides. What's he first saying? He's saying, you get so connected to the Lord that he becomes the strength of your life. Don't try to do anything outside your union with Christ. Amen? Jesus is the head and we're his body and the head operates through the body. Hallelujah. And so my strength comes from my walk with the Lord. I don't ever have to face anything by myself. And I should never face anything by myself. <clears throat> but I draw my strength from him. He is my strength. Paul said to the Philippians, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. And that strength comes from our union. John 15, Jesus says over there, I am the true vine, my father's husband. And he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask anything you want and it'll be done for you. So you know what? Jesus is the true vine and we're to hook up with him and let him produce his life in us and through us. Amen. 
So the first thing Paul is telling the Christians here, you want to walk in everything I've given you, then make sure that you draw your strength and everything you are through your union with Christ. Don't let anything separate you from Jesus. Amen? Second, put on God's whole armor. The armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies. What's he saying? Don't fight in your own strength. Amen? I mean, it, it would be crazy for a football team to have all this great equipment in the locker room, and they show up on the field in shorts and T-shirts, barefoot, and the other team comes out fully dressed in their uniform. Guess whose team is going to win? Not going to be but a couple of plays. Because when that other team comes flying at you with all their pads on, their uniform on, and they run over you and you got bruises all over you, those guys are going to run back to the, you know. So the Lord says, before you go to the field of competition, put on the whole armor of God. Clothe yourself in the authority of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, the name of Jesus, the word. He said, just get close. Use God's weapons. Why? Because God's weapons are proven. They've already worked. So I clothe myself every day in the might of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? The word of God. Why are we to put on this whole armor of God? This is what he says. That you may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. So that you can successfully, that you may be able to successfully stand up. Notice this. I like that's why I read it out of the Amplified. Paul doesn't want you just standing against the devil's attacks. He wants you to be successful in your stand against the devil's attacks. Amen? So that you are able to successfully stand and withstand all the strategies, all the schemes, all the wiles, all the plans, everything the devil's planning. If you put on the whole armor of God, God gives you the ability to shut it down. That's powerful, isn't it? Now, notice something here. Paul has already given them from Ephesians 1 about being blessed in Christ to being saved, raised up to see the heavenly places, to the prayers in chapter 1 and chapter 3, all the way into the fourth chapter, the structure of the church, the fifth chapter, the family, the relationship, the sixth chapter, you know, the husband-wife relationship, and then who you are in Christ. And now he comes down here and says, now, you get strong in the Lord, you walk in the power of his might, put on his old armor, because you're going to have to stand against the devil to make these things happen. And if you'll do this, you can do it successfully. Amen? Then he says, for we are not wrestling with flesh and blood or contending only with physical opponents. My problem isn't the person that's giving me the problem. Are you hearing me? Paul said in 2 Corinthians, he said, even though we live in the flesh, our warfare is not in the flesh. Amen? And so therefore, I've got to get my eyes off of the natural and look over beyond that into the spiritual and see what's going on. So who am I standing against? Well, number one, I'm standing against the devil's plans, his lies, his schemes. Amen. And then number two, he says, who am I wrestling against or contending against despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits or the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness and heavenly supernatural sphere. Therefore, put on God's complete armor so you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all, this, all the crisis demands, stand firmly in your place. Stand, therefore, and hold your ground. 
Hallelujah. In just natural language, Paul is saying, don't go to a gunfight with a knife. Amen. You have to elevate your faith and prayer and stand to the level that the enemy's coming against you. Headache prayer is not going to deliver you from an incurable disease. So you have to elevate your prayer up to the level of the attack, the crisis that demands it. Amen. Whatever's going on, we have to elevate ourselves up to that place in Christ Jesus and stand at that place. In other words, I have to give my effort, my time and everything about me to the level of the attack that's coming against me. Amen. And here's the thing you've got to understand. Even the greatest fighters and prize fighters, the boxers of all time. They always didn't win in the first couple of rounds. Some of them had to go the whole distance and win a decision. Are you hearing me? They won, but it took, they had to go the whole distance. They couldn't knock him out, but they won on points because they overcame and stayed with it. Amen. Sometimes there have been times with Bonnie and I, we've had to go the distance. It's always fun to do the knockout. You know, you pray one time, boom, it's over, and you're going, hallelujah. But there have been times that we just had to stay with it and elevate our faith and commitment to the level the attack was coming. And we stayed there. And you know what? If you'll stay committed to the Lord. You know, Daniel, chapter 10. Daniel's over there praying, asking God what to do. And so he sets himself to fast and pray. 21 days later. The angel shows up. When I first read that, I thought, Lord, that is a slow angel. Because <laughs> he says, from the first day you set your heart to receive, I was sent with the answer. And I thought, well, my God, where's he been? 21 days. I mean, you take a vacation on the way? I'm fasting here. I'm losing weight. Come on. <laughs> but no, he says, from the first day you set your heart to receive, I was sent with the answer. Well, why, what, what took so long? Why didn't he just get there that day? Because, lo, the prince of Persia withstood me 21 days. But you know what that, what that angel says to Daniel? He says, but for your words, I'm here to tell you what the Lord will have to say. See, we don't read that. But he says, but for your words. You know what Daniel did? Daniel prayed that first day. Stayed with his fast and held fast his confession for 21 days. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. God, I thank you for showing me this. And his words empowered that angel to get through every stronghold the enemy was attacking him with and bring that message to him. Hallelujah. See, sometimes, folks, we win the decision. Are you hearing me? And that's what Paul is writing to the church. Everything isn't just always going to immediately happen. But if you stay with it, you will successfully defeat the strategies and the attacks of the devil. And God will come through and give you the blessing. Amen. And he says, and once you've done all to stand, you stand now. Don't, bow, don't back up. You, you've set your faith to have it. I'm going to have it. It's mine. Amen. 
And then, of course, he says here, verse again, verse 14, Stand therefore and hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins, having put on the breastplate of integrity and moral rectitude and right standing with God, and having uh, shod your feet with the preparation of the, uh, uh, to face the enemy with a firm-footed stability and the promptness and readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace, lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you shall be able to quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, pray. Praying. Praying. This is prayer armor. You see that? This is you connecting with God and saying, Lord, let's go to war today. The enemy's out here blinding people, not only sinners from getting saved, he's keeping Christians from being able to see the benefits and the blessings and what you have for them. And and Lord, today you've told us all this. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm connecting with you. I'm getting strong with you. I'm putting on your armor. I'm connecting, Lord. I'm joining the fight today. And I'm not fighting God. God's not the one holding it back. Amen? So what am I going to fight? I'm fighting the attacks and the, and, and the strongholds and the strategies and the plans of the devil that's trying to blind people from the truth of God. And I'm pulling the blinders off their minds. Amen? Amen. And so he says we're to pray and intercede and, and, and minister to the Lord. So this is prayer armor. So this is me saying, God, I'm going to war today. And an intercessor is one who prays for another. You understand? To intercede means to stand in the gap, to make up the hedge, to pray for another. Are you hearing me? So when he says here to make intercession for all the saints, what is he saying? He's saying, what I want you to do now is put on this whole armor. And I want you to pray for me to touch all these people. And I want you to pray for the blinders to be removed. I want you to pray for revelation to come in their hearts. I want you to pray for them to be able to see these truths. I want you to claim them to come into the kingdom of God and live successful lives for me. And the reason he's asking us to do this is because they can't because they're blinded. But I see it. And so what I say is, Lord, I, you know what? This is my place that I live, and it's worth fighting for. I want my family, my community, my neighborhood, my street, my town. I want it saved. And so I'm going to go ahead and put on all this armor. I'm going to join with you because, see, Jesus is the great intercessor. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Amen. And so, Lord, I'm going to join with you in your intercessory ministry I'm going to put on your armor. I'm not going to fight in my own strength or power, but through your name, through your authority, and through the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, I am going to step in and stand in the gap, make up the hedge, and I'm coming against every lie and strategy that the enemy has, and I'm going to break it until people start getting saved, fill the Holy Ghost, and their lives are changed. And that's what we're here to do today. Amen? We're here to pray for what began on Pentecost to be happening here right now amen it's god's will that we have that look in joel chapter 2 and we're going to pray here in just a second joel the second chapter first of all i want to read verse 12 part of it anyway this is what he says he says therefore also now says the lord turn and keep on coming to me with all your heart 
with fasting, with weeping, with mourning, until every hindrance is removed and broken fellowship is restored. Ooh, isn't that good? In other words, the Lord says, if you get all in with me, I'll heal the broken hearts. I'll restore those that are backslid. I'll move. I'll pull the blinders off their minds. I'll set them free. Amen. So that's what we're doing. We're going to come before the Lord. We're going to keep coming with all our heart. Notice he says, come to the Lord and keep coming with all your heart. See, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm not just going to do this for once or twice and then just forget about it and say, well, whatever. No, I'm committed, Lord. I want to see revival. I want to see lives change. I want to see a move of God. I want to, be, I want to experience a move of God. Amen? Now let's read on down here. He goes on down. He says in um, verse 21, he says, Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Be not afraid, you wild beasts of the field, for the, or the pastures of the wilderness have sprung up, and the green tree bears its fruit, and the fig tree and the vine yield their full strength. You know what he's saying? If you come with all your heart, I'll begin to restore people that backslid. I'll begin to set people free. They're in bondage and blinded and in sin. And he said, and you'll start seeing good things happening all around you. Blessings will start coming. Then drop down to verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion. Well, we're children of Zion. Amen. We're the children of God. So he says this. He says, Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he gives you the former and early rain in just measure and in righteousness, and he causes it to come down for you the rain, the former rain, the latter rain as before. This is what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. So he's saying we should rejoice if we're children of Zion. God wants to send us the early and the latter rain just like he did before. I came in on the tail end of the charismatic renewal. When denominational people, I was a denominational person, were getting filled with the Holy Ghost and joined the charismatic and then got in on the teaching move. And, and I was there whenever uh, people, you know, in fact, the first little church we pastored, we had uh, especially two or three ladies in that church. You stop at the supermarket and they'd have people pinned up against their door praying for them. Hallelujah. <laughs> they were wild. I mean, we was, people was getting saved, filled the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. There was an excitement going on. And we need that again. Amen. And what he's done before, he'll do again. But when I go back and I think about that, I remember Brother Hagin telling me how, how the spirit of prayer came on him. And he prayed for months. And then he was in another place and he spoke about prayer and the whole place just fell. And he said he found out others had been getting the same unction. And all across this nation, people were yielding to God and praying for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And God began that move. Hallelujah. Look what he says will happen here. Let's drop down to verse 24. And the threshing floors shall be full of grain, and the vat shall overflow with, with juice of the, of, the, of, of the grape. And notice he says this. What's he saying? The vats will overflow with new wine. He's talking about people being saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. People coming in, not only just getting saved, but filled with the Spirit and, and empowered. And he says, and I will restore to you and replace for you the years. You know what he's saying? He's saying, if you if you just get with me, he said, things that the enemy stole, I'll bring it back to you, praise God. I'll put it right back in there. Hallelujah. Verse 26, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. 
and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall not be put to shame. You know what God's saying? If you'll seek me, you don't have to worry about finances. I'll bring finances. And I'll bless you, and you and I'll make this thing where you'll just supernaturally begin to see me move and do stuff for you. And you shall know and understand and, and realize that I'm in the midst of Israel or of this church, and I, the Lord, am your God. Look at that. And there shall none, there's none else. My people shall never be put to shame. You know what he's saying? He's saying, if we'll seek God like this, when we gather together, People say, what? Ooh, do you feel the presence of God? Because the Holy Spirit will just come down in our services. And we'll leave refreshed, renewed, and excited. Hallelujah. See, this is what the Lord wants. He wants a living church, not just a religious church. Amen? And he wants us to never be put to shame. You know what he's saying? You get into an anointed service and you leave out, there's a boldness that comes on you. You don't want you out. You go off on Sunday morning. You just had a Holy Ghost presence, the power of God. People's lives are changed. And you're sitting there at the restaurant, and you're witnessing somebody before you realize what you're doing. And they're looking at you like, whoa. But you don't care because you're just full of the Spirit. Amen? Let's read on. And afterward, here's where we get. I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Now, prophesy here doesn't just necessarily mean standing up and saying, thus saith the Lord. In Revelation, John writes over there that, and said that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So, you know, you can say it like this. Your young children will get so saved and filled with the Holy Ghost that they'll have the testimony of Jesus on their lips. And when they speak about Jesus, it'll be prophetic. There'll be an anointing upon their, their confession of Jesus in their life. I don't know about you, but I like for the uh, elementary, middle schools, and high schools have a group of kids in there that everywhere they walk, just the testimony of Jesus is so powerful that it just touched the kids around them. Hallelujah. See, we need to pray that. That's what God wants. He doesn't want the world still in our kids. He wants our kids being full of the Spirit of God and powerful for the Lord. Then he goes on, he says, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your, your old men and women shall dream dreams. What's he saying? He's saying just because you get older doesn't mean you stop. He says just get a fresh anointing and just keep on dreaming and being a part of the move of God. Amen? He says your young men shall see visions. What's he talking about? He's talking about all this younger generation, even up to the, 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 the Joshua generation of preachers and stuff. Having visions and revelations and redemption truths that are just being revealed, preaching and teaching. Hallelujah. And even upon my men servants and maid servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Hallelujah. So that means everybody. And he says, and I will show signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and vapor of smoke or columns of smoke. I always tell people this. Now, I know that could be judgment, but it's also uh, blood, fire and columns of smoke. You're washed by the blood. You're filled with the Holy Ghost and fire and the columns of smoke is the Shekinah glory of God filling the house. So we should be see people getting saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and experience the glory of God in our services. Amen. Then you drop one down to verse uh, 32 and he tells you the final part and whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered and saved people are getting saved that's that's the ultimate what God's wanting and that's what we're here to pray for this morning amen for people's lives to be changed for the power of the Holy Spirit to be poured out and why do we need to pray because Zechariah 10 1 
ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain or the spring rain is the Lord who makes the lightnings which usher in the rain that give men showers and grass to everyone in the field. Without the rain, there's no showers, there's no grass, there's no move, and people are lost. So what are we going to do today? We're going to pray for the rain. Amen. We're going to pray for God to pour out his spirit. We're going to pray for the anointing to flow. And we're going to pray this morning for blinders to be pulled off of people's minds. And the light of this gospel to shine into their hearts and the kingdom of God to come forth. And we're also going to pray for the every time we gather in, in this church or the, big, the next biggest one we get. Hallelujah. That when we gather together, we're going to feel his presence. We're going to be his presence going to fill the house. Amen? Because we're coming together in the name of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit comes down and envelops us and dwells with us. Hallelujah. And if you've got family that are lost or friends, that, that uh, they're blinded by the devil. That's why they're lost. And what you need to do is what the apostle said. We need to pray. And how do I pray for them? Well, if Satan's got them blinded. Mark 16, Jesus said, in my name, they'll cast out demons. You know what you need to do? You need to be praying and then call their name out and say, Lord, right now, I bind the demonic spirit that has them blinded. I command the blinders to be taken off their minds, and I claim the spirit of wisdom and revelation coming upon them so they can see the truth and come to you. And then you do this too. Jesus said over there in John, he said, pray the Lord to harvest that he'll send forth labors into his harvest. I've done this. I prayed. I said, Lord, I bind the devil away from them. I pull the blinders off their mind in Jesus name. I pray that you give them a spirit of wisdom, revelation, open their heart to see this, open their ears to hear. And Lord of harvest, send the right labor across their path that will know how to speak to them and share the gospel with them to bring them to the kingdom. Now, that's how you do it. If you got family or friends that, that right there that you know, amen, you call their name out. And then you stand your ground, amen. Let's stand together. We're going to take the next few minutes here, the next little bit of time, and what we're going to do is pray. Now, here's what I invite you to do in prayer. Make this a very personal time between you and the Lord. And how do we pray? Well, Jesus talks. He said, when you pray, we pray to the Father in his name, amen. And then in 1 Corinthians, the apostle said that we can pray in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, he said, because when I pray in tongues, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. Even though my mind doesn't understand everything, the Holy Spirit's taking hold together with me, helping me to intercede and pray. So I'm going to pray both in my understanding, but I'm also switch over and pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. And let the Holy Spirit help me to pray for God to pour out His Spirit. And that's what we're going to do. We're praying today for the heavens to be opened and the Spirit of God to be poured out and lives to be changed. Amen. So here's what I say. When we pray, pray. Don't pray for each other or try to minister to anybody. This is you and God praying. You can stand where you're at. You can sit. You can kneel. You can walk around. But what you're doing is you're going before God and we're coming before the Lord this morning. And we're praying for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit and for the power of God to be released, Satan's strategies to be destroyed, and God's kingdom to come forth. Amen. And we're going to stand our ground. You ready to pray? 
Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now and praise you. We come into your presence. We enter into your presence with thanksgiving. Lord, we enter into your courts with praise. We magnify you. Holy Spirit, we just receive you coming into and upon us. You're our helper, and we receive you anointing us, empowering us to pray as we need to pray today. And Lord God, we set ourselves to intercede to take our place, to stand in the gap, to make up the hedge, Lord God. And we pray, Father God, this morning that you would open the heavens over Valdosta. Lord God, that you would rend the heavens and come down and that, Lord God, every stronghold of the enemy, every lie, every deception, every demon force would be destroyed and broken. We pray today, Lord of harvest, for the harvest to come in. We're praying today, Lord God, for the rain of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we know that there's no harvest without the rain, and so we're asking you to pour out your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come down in and upon this region upon our lives in a mighty way and Lord we just receive the reign of the Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit right now each and every one of us yield to you and we begin to pray and Holy Spirit thank you for showing us who to pray for what to pray for and how to pray and we just put it in your hands Lord right now and everybody just begin to pray as the Spirit leads you hallelujah Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.